Hello, everyone, and welcome to Cloud Wars Live, where we explore today's digital revolution by speaking with business executives and thought leaders who are changing how the world lives, works, plays, learns, and dreams. Our guest today is Wayne Saden, one of our monthly digital all-stars. Wayne has been a CIO, a CDO. He is an advisor to boards of directors and CEOs about tying together their digital initiatives and their business strategy into a digital business strategy for the future. Wayne, there's lots going on these days. I think there's nutty stuff about uh, that, that's just shaking everything up around the world with the coronavirus is something that you had said as we chatted earlier, it really calls into question this notion of technical debt. And for companies that have maybe addressed it, they're in good shape for ones that have chosen to kick that can down the road a little bit. It's just another reminder of why this is a, an incredibly important issue highlighted by this current uh, global phenomenon with the virus. So Wayne, tell us a little bit about what you're thinking in there and what business executives and technology executives need to be thinking about these days. Sure, Bob. I'm glad to get the chance to do this. And the first, the big picture is the world divides up into the digital haves and the digital have-nots. And when you read about things like Google sent 100,000 people uh, an email that said, work from home, work from wherever you are. And I'm sure if you're Google, every Googler has a mobile device. They carry it with them everywhere they go. Their network has the ability to handle 100,000 people working from home on a moment's notice. But that's not the real world. That's not flyover country. That's not manufacturers. That's not logistics firms. That's not construction companies that may be working with a network that they built 15 years ago, maybe after Y2K. And so you're sitting there with a network that works okay when 90% of your staff works in the office. And all of a sudden we say, now we want to transition people to home. So for the typical customer of mine, which is not a cutting edge digital Silicon Valley firm or a cloud native startup, um, there are issues around your technical debt. Now, look, there's nothing you're gonna do in the next two weeks to fix your technical debt, but this is a wake up call. If we're changing the way we work and some pundits say we might be, there's an opportunity for companies to move from their kind of early 2000s network, early 2000s file environment, early 2000s collaboration tools, like some of my clients, into the 2020 world. And it's something you CEOs, you boards, you CIOs should be having intense conversations about. Meanwhile, you got what you got, and people may be quarantined, locked down, or just out of a sense of prudence, you may want more and more people to work from home. So Bob, as you know, I made a list of things that I share with my clients. And with your permission, I'd like to start going through that list with some of the listeners. Wayne, absolutely. And I know that this uh, today's discussion topic is a bit of a departure from the higher level strategic issues that you generally focus on. On the flip side of that, what is more strategic than keeping your business up and running in the face of a a very serious issue now confronting companies, not just around the US, but around the world. And as you say, uh, in a situation where some companies might be better equipped to handle this movement of you know, huge percentages of their workforce into a remote, uh, remote environment. And Wayne, it's one thing, and I know you'll get to this, I'd love to hear because you put together a terrific 
overview here that you know leaders of any sort of company should want to see. But I remember as I, I glanced through it, I saw the one thing about be sure if somebody work is going to be working from home or working remotely who hasn't done this in the past, be sure they know how to connect to the network. And my first reaction was, well, everybody knows how to do it, but that's not true. If, if you've done it, you know how to do it. If you haven't, it's a brand new thing and you can't afford to have a significant percentage of your workforce working remotely, but unable to tap into things. So Wayne, please, you, you've put together a great list here. Talk a little bit about you know, what you think the priorities are here for folks to be thinking about. Absolutely, Bob. But I will say this to the boards and CEOs. When you talk about your disaster plan or your business resiliency plan, or how do you keep the business continuity, we all think about, well, if we're in Houston like I am, you think about hurricanes, you think about snowstorms, you think about earthquakes, you think about these kind of instantaneous disasters that crush your data center. And we've all got plans for that, good or bad. This is a different kind of calamity. This is a different kind of continuity issue. And so when I, when I talk to boards and I talk to CEOs, I always want to say to them, think about what might afflict you. It might be a coronavirus. It might be a hurricane. It might be, I had a place where a rail car fell off a rail siding and was full of chlorine gas. And while there was no damage, it closed our main operations center for 10 days. Nobody could get in or out of the main warehouse of the company. And by the way, that warehouse held $200 million worth of cash. We were a bank. <laughs> so absolutely nothing damaged, but we couldn't get an IT person in or out. And the systems that were in that place either ran or didn't, and there was nothing we could do about it. And here we are in a very similar situation. So, so Bob, I'll start with the business side, to your point. Most of us, like me, if you're an IT person, you're carrying your bag of tricks with you. People laugh at me when I come into a client's office. I have a messenger bag with two packs stuck to it that has uh, a trackball. It has my video camera. It has a power supply. It has a spare screen so I can do a tool screen monitor. It has everything I need, charging bricks, a battery. I'm equipped. Oh, the headset's in the bag. At home, I've got another complete set of all this stuff. A main client's office, I have a third set of this stuff. Wherever I am, I need to be able to work. So take your normal employee. Maybe they have a desktop. Maybe they have a laptop. I'll bet you many of the laptops in your organization are treated like desktops. They're docked in the docking bay and they're left there. And maybe you got to take it home for an hour's work here. Or you're going to go on a vacation, so you throw it in your bag but you haven't tried to connect to the company office. You download some files onto it, you do your work, you come in the next morning. Well, ask your managers what would happen if on a given morning, nobody came to work. Whatever they had with them when they went home the night before is what they're with for the next 14 days or more. So the first question is, who's got a laptop and who's got a desktop and do you have the right mix? It's naive to say, oh, everybody's got a laptop because that's not the case. If you're a clerical, if you're an accounts payable person, maybe you don't need a laptop in normal circumstances. So maybe all the AP clerks who are on desktops, some of them should have a laptop for this problem. And a few of the IT people could carry an old laptop home or a desktop home or use one of their own personal computers. And we'll talk about that in a bit. But make sure that when your folks leave at night, they have what they need. And if you really want to be proactive, maybe you should send people home with a video camera. If they're a manager, an executive can tie their group together. 
Yeah, we have a video camera in the laptop. Bob, you and I have tried doing some of these with the laptop camera. You know how crummy they are. And I have a state-of-the-art laptop. So carrying an external camera for 50 bucks or 75 bucks and putting it on your, clipping it to your manager's machines might not be a terrible idea. If you're sending them home to work, maybe their kids are home from school. Have we thought about that? Notice the headset I'm wearing. I'm at home today. I could normally wear a much thinner headset, but I'm showing this to people. This, I look like a Starbucks employee, but it seals me off from the world. Um, this one happens to be by Blue Parrot. I'm not getting any advertising money from them. I just happen to like the thing because it seals me and has a noise-canceling mic. Are you sending people home with that equipment? Or you might not have assumed they would need that because they wouldn't be working during the working day on phone calls. Um, same token, you probably have collaboration tools. And a lot of my clients were moving to Microsoft Teams from Skype for Business or from a Cisco product or from other products. Well, most of my clients are kind of a mix of this and that and that other thing over here. So can they interoperate? How do your folks from different divisions that may normally not talk to each other except by picking up their corporate phone, how do they interoperate on these networks? Do you in the business side know who's got what? Are you, is everybody in your company on the same thing? Ask IT. That's terrific. If not, or maybe your clients may not be on the same tool, has IT worked with them to make sure things interoperate? Uh, by the way, if your company has a voice over IP telephone system, which is the modern telephone system, your phone is connected essentially to the local area network in your office, your IT department may actually be able to set you up to take your physical phone home. And depending on how your network is set up, this is an IT question, you may be able to take your actual desk set home, plug it into your, your local network with a piece of wire, or even wirelessly with the right gadgets, and be able to be right there on your company telephone system with your company voicemail, even if you're home. So have you talked to your IT department about that? Maybe everybody could take their phone home um, or take it with them. I know we got a, we're into wheel briefcases here, but maybe for the duration, we should be doing something like that. So on the business side, are your folks aware of how to log in? Do they know? Some companies have a main way in and a backup way in. Maybe they don't have one network that's big enough. They have a backup for disaster purposes. Well, here's a message to IT. Yes, people can log in, but you've never tried your entire workforce logging in and staying logged in for the whole working day of that. Maybe 5% of your workers are remote, 10%, 15%, and a lot of them are travelers. If you've got a traveling sales group or you're a construction company on job sites, sure, 500 people can sign in, but most of the time they're doing their job. They're not sitting at a computer signed in. So business side, Make sure you've tested this. Make sure you know how your people can log in. Make sure your IT department is there to support you when you're logging in. Um, how about your printers? Do you have a printer at home? Does your company allow you to print to that if you had to? If you do, and they do, have you tested it? Has something changed in the network? Hey, maybe you got a different kind of printer at home. Have you tested that? Because we often don't take our work computer that we might bring home and connect it to our home printer. That may not be allowed. Maybe it is. Have you tried it? Hey, Wayne, all makes a lot of sense, but let me ask at this point, somebody's watching this and they say, hey, Wayne, look, I agree with you, but wow, this is really expensive. You know, this is prohibitively expensive. What do you tell them? 
Well, the first thing is a lot of what I've said is not expensive at all. It's just learning how to use what you've got. So I'm not suggesting that in the next 10 days, IT rebuild your telephone system or your printer security or your network. So the question for business and IT to be discussing is what's possible that we may not have communicated. Think of this as an organizational change management initiative. And what's the number one thing when we're doing an organizational change? Communication, communication, communication. Have we reached everybody? Have we told them what's possible? Have we told them what's not supported? For example, if I've got no bring your own device policy, if I require you to use a corporate asset, a corporate laptop, a corporate tablet, a corporate phone, that's the rule and that's the network and that's the security and that's the way we are. Make sure people know that if they try to use their home computer, it won't work. On the other hand, if we do support bring your own device, under what circumstances? Does IT have to vet your machine? Do you have to download a piece of software onto your personal machine? Your company has rules and IT has them written down somewhere. And when you joined the organization, they gave you that packet from HR. And probably one of those pages was how to connect to the network. And another one might've been what happens if you're working from home? If you have a decent IT department, they should be part of the HR pack. Dust it off, clean it up, find it, redistribute it. IT, what's changed? Maybe you have new software. Maybe you have a new password system. Maybe you have a new automated password reset tool. Does everybody in the company know it? Because this is critical. Most companies have a help desk, right? A service desk. Maybe it's on-prem, maybe it's outsourced, maybe it's distributed around the world, but it assumes certain things. It probably assumes most of your people are working in an office. Most of your people are working on their normal device plugged in the normal way they plug in. So a lot of companies have the, hey, bring your machine over. Uh, we're on the third floor and we'll take a look at it. If you work for a company with a campus or multiple campuses, well, all of a sudden your help desk people are also working from home. You're working from home. What's the setup for remote control? What's the setup for remote support? Does, I, does the IT service desk have a tool to allow them to take over your computer, to see what you're seeing. And, and that's, I'm not saying again, that IT is gonna buy it, vet it, test it, and install it this week. Although I gotta say, if the IT department has a mobility initiative in the 2020 plan, pull that budget in and get to work. Businesses, make sure you're telling your IT department, stop working on the ERP system from two years from now and start focusing on mobility and resiliency and collaboration, and we'll reassign the budget priorities. Because you may discover that there's an IT function that's this close to giving you something you need, but it's prioritized for the third quarter. So have an intelligent discussion between the business and IT, which I dare say you should be having all the time anyway. And in fact, if you're a CIO and you know you're working on these things or have them in your budget, and you haven't been in the boardroom or haven't been in the C-suite saying, hey, look at me, I've got something, shame on you. Shame on you for not telling them because there's a lot of stuff that IT probably has available that they could train, they could teach, they could think about, and they could deploy. And that's really a key notion. There are some things that will cost a few bucks. I've got a client buying a few dozen video cameras for the top staff at 100 bucks a piece. 
The biggest challenge is we're probably going to run out of cameras in Amazon or wherever you buy them. They're going to be like toilet paper when people realize this is important. So figure out what you need. But I don't think if you have a decent network, A, you don't have time to fix it from beginning to end. The network project takes 6 to 12 to 18 months. Um, but if you've got most of the stuff done, fix the edges. Make sure the devices being deployed are aware. Make sure people have tested them. Make sure they've got stuff at home. Make sure you've bought the extra mouse and the headsets for people or let them take their headset home or the video camera. These are things you can do at a relatively low cost. They're all mostly expense items. Um, you can go down to your Staples or your Office Depot or your Walmart and buy a lot of this gear. So I think a lot of this can be bought and deployed and tested and be pretty good pretty quickly. So, oh, go on, Bob. Oh, sorry, Wayne. I was just going to say it also, I think that notion of the, you know, the expensive, uh, the expense part. First, I think you've done a great job explaining why it isn't that expensive, but for whatever the additional uh, cost is going to be here, we'll consider the alternative. You send people home, they can't get in, they can't connect, they don't know how, they, they haven't worked this out, they're not able to do collaboration, they, you know, so the, uh, yeah, it's, it's a very difficult situation. I think that's why it's very uh, wise of you to be devoting this episode to there are things that can be done be practical about it I like how you talked about pull in some of those you know if you've got mobility budget dollars ahead someone you're get going on that right now you know, this is uh, something maybe it's all gonna be much better in two or three weeks maybe it isn't but I think Wayne it's very wise of you to offer this sort of advice and encourage people to say do what you can in this time right now and get everybody up to speed. I think it also right, got to give the workforce confidence knowing we got our hands on this. It's going to be okay. Uh, we're in good shape. Yeah, well, the one thing you've got to do is preserve the company. You know, we talk about the virus and we talk about people's health. And of course, that's number one. Staying home and staying healthy is something I wouldn't prioritize over corporate profits. But on the other hand, wouldn't it be nice if we could stay home and be healthy and keep the business running? There are going to be companies that emerge from this crisis, and it is a crisis, in better shape. They're going to have their workforce able to work well together. They're going to get their, their orders done. They're going to find ways to thrive in this world. There are companies that are just going to fall apart because administratively, they can't operate in a different model. So we're going to figure out who's nimble, who's agile, and who's adaptable, and who's not. And, and so that brings me to another point. Many companies have paper-driven processes, and this gets a little more tricky. Ask yourself what's going to happen if you don't have that big printer down the hall where you go print the 500 orders and you file them. What can you do digitally? And this is not something, again, you're going to do in an afternoon, but maybe you can print a PDF, which is a function in almost every um, Windows environment, Mac environment. Instead of printing to the printer, what if your department said, if somebody has to work from home and has no ability to print, we'll print to a PDF and we'll all throw it in a common SharePoint library or a common Slack channel or a common folder on the shared drive. And so for the interim, we'll create this virtual print environment, which takes virtually nothing, almost no money to set up. It's just changing your process. And from the business side, say, we'll put the files there and then when we can get back in the office, we'll take that 5,000 invoices and we'll throw them through the printer and we'll file them the way they did. Or maybe you'll decide, hey, I like storing it in SharePoint. Hey, I like having full text search. 
hey, I like not having to go to the drawer when I need to pull something. So maybe you can build some changes into your process and get a benefit from this. Not saying we should turn the company upside down on purpose, but there are opportunities and they shouldn't be overlooked. So Wayne, even some early stage digitalization efforts can tie in in some ways with this, you know, uh, business continuity disaster recovery approach, right? You, you sort of close the loop of those different pieces. Absolutely. Uh, we should be doing tabletop exercises, getting people in a room and saying, okay, this department, let's say it's accounts payable, let's say it's sales, let's say it's whatever your business is, take your department and get them in a room and say, if you all had to work from different locations, like you would if we had a hurricane, or what if we had a regional disaster, how would this look? Do we want to trigger some of our disaster plan? You know, I'm not suggesting we take the IT and move it to the disaster site. That's silly. Um, I think that's equally silly on people as people stocking up on bottled water. If we think the water systems are going to fail, we have a very different problem. Then we're into the walking dead scenario and we'll be talking about ammunition and not wires and cameras. It's a different world. But assuming that we may be forced to stay home, we may not be able or willing to go into the office. That's a very different world where we assume the communications works. We assume we can get our, see CVS just announced they're gonna deliver prescriptions for free in an area that's affected by coronavirus. So assuming the world still works, you've just gotta get your company to work as well or better than it was, as well or better as your competitors, and then you can thrive to the extent anybody will thrive during this disruption. So as a business, you should be thinking about what part of my disaster plan assumes the headquarters location is uninhabitable, but the IT survives. What, what assumptions do you want to make about how you do business then? And there may be things you go back to your IT department and say, okay, we're triggering that part of the disaster plan and having it ready and being ready to deploy. Uh, some disaster plans have laptops stockpiled, so you can give them to people who show up at a disaster site. Well, okay, take them from that disaster site, bring them back to headquarters and distribute them. And then collect them back at the end, or in my view, let the people keep them. Once they learn how to work remotely and you have the infrastructure to support it, take this opportunity to move down the digital path to getting people to a more flexible workforce. Uh, Bob, we've talked about the business side of this a lot. I do want to send some messages to IT as well. Um, we already talked about the help desk. How would your help desk work in a completely virtual environment? What do you have in terms of remote control, remote monitoring, remote identification software? How is your security model set up? Some companies say payroll can only work within the confines of the payroll department. It's on what's called a subnet. Well, what if payroll is sitting in people's houses? How would you change that? So be prepared for those things. As an IT department, assume now you're not gonna be able to verify things. We keep talking about in security, spear phishing and whaling when somebody goes after an executive and says the CF, CEO sends an email to the CFO that says, why are $100,000? In the current world, you walk down the hall and go, really? You really want me to do that? In the world where everybody's working from home in a chaotic environment, what kind of two-factor security? What kind of anti-spoofing? And I won't get too technical. The IT people know what I mean. How do you prevent somebody's cell phone from being purloined? How do you prevent somebody from being impersonated? What additional verification processes do you want? 
The same thing, by the way, not only goes to executives, but goes to what's called a privileged user. There are people in IT with certain capabilities to manipulate the network and the server environment and so on. They may be locked down very tightly. What can you do to not give up your security, but still allow that nobody was in the office? Nobody's there to push the button on the server. Nobody's there to flip the switch. Nobody's there to take care of the physical device. So what would you as an IT department do if the equipment was running, but you couldn't get to it? That's my chlorine gas off the train example. And when I do disaster scenarios, I go through things like that because I've had it happen to me two times where the building was fine, we just couldn't get to it. And so you couldn't get to your equipment. So if you're an IT department and you're moving towards cloud operation, private cloud, hybrid cloud, although I really hate that term, but a, a private cloud built with cloud design principles, your systems are made to run largely hands-off. They're not requiring somebody to go and push the reboot button, typically. So if you've got things moving in that direction, continue that movement. If you have stuff where you're on and off the cloud, think about shifting more to the cloud. This, this crisis may be over, as you said, in a couple of weeks, but I've seen studies that say we're trying to keep the infection rate from going like this to going like this so we don't overload the healthcare environment. So what if we had a rolling problem for six months, eight months, 10 months, 12 months? IT, you may have time to do certain things. So that's my message to IT. Don't assume it's this week or never. Don't assume you should not ask for things. Don't assume you shouldn't be looking at your budget, but keep looking at how you and IT can offer the business resiliency, flexibility, and the ability to operate wherever they may be under whatever trying circumstances they're in. This is a joint effort between IT and the business. So business go to IT, IT go to the business, CEOs, Grab your CIO or your director of IT or your CDO or whatever you call that person and have a business discussion with them. What do I need to run? What can I give, live without? What can you give me? What do you need money for that you haven't asked for because it's not in the budget? Have an open discussion now while there's time to fix things and build a kind of a soft landing for wherever you might wind up. Wayne, really, that's, a, that's a, a superb couple of lists there, the business side, IT side, and jointly, uh, the way that, uh, you know, the two teams, uh, the whole organization can work together and the leadership can, as you said, you know, what are we able to do? How can we try to move this forward? What resiliency can we bring to bear on these situations to make it as, uh, as productive as possible? Wayne, if somebody wants to talk with you more about this, how could somebody reach you? Well, you can find me on LinkedIn, you can find me on Twitter, and you can find me through Cloud Wars. So I'm Wayne Saden on Twitter, I'm Wayne Saden on LinkedIn, and you've got my addresses posted in Cloud Wars. And Bob, if we can write this up and post it somewhere, I would love to have people add to our list. This should be a collaborative project, and we can have other IT and business folks perhaps collaborate with us and build a list that is specific enough for business and IT as they're working through this problem and we're working through it together. Wayne, that's a, it's a great idea. We're gonna to get to that today. Very important. You made a real a big, big contribution here, Wayne, with some really practical, important, valuable ideas for how, uh, how companies can go through something that at this point's a little bit unprecedented for everyone, but doing it the right way. And I think, as you said early on, we're gonna find out which of the companies that are indeed nimble, agile, and so forth like that, and have the ability to um, 
rethink uh, quickly and I think appropriately, how do we do things so that they can not only get through this tough stretch for whether it's gonna be a couple of weeks, a couple of months, a few months to the point where after that, they're, they're a better operating company. They're, they're more aware, they're more resilient and they're, they're nimbler, able to handle the regular course of business as well as this very, very challenging crisis we're in the midst of right now. Yeah, Bob, you know, we talk about digital transformation from the first time we ever talked. And bear in mind that digital transformation is a rethinking of your culture, your products, your markets, your employee experience, and your customer experience. While we may not change the products we sell in this problem time, we definitely can look at the culture, we can look at the employee experience, we can look at the customer experience, and be working on those things. And companies that have thought about how they're digitally transforming their culture to be more agile, to be more nimble, are gonna come out of this ahead. And so it's an opportunity to flex those muscles that you're building on, on the ability to move quicker and think differently. When just the one thing about thinking differently, you mentioned it was at Walgreens, right? Doing free delivery of prescriptions in affected areas. So uh, CVS, not, CVS. Sorry, CVS doing that. So <clears throat> not everybody's in that, the, the pharmaceuticals business are able to do that, but there are steps that any company in any industry can take and say, what can I do differently, smarter, better here to, to provide this better customer experience that'll be remembered down the line, you know, after this current crisis has passed. So Wayne, great stuff. Um, any final thoughts you want to offer? Well, the final thought I'll offer is I wish everybody the best of luck. I wish everybody the best of health. And I'd love to continue this conversation, even more than some of the conversations we have. This is one that I would love to get feedback on. I would love to get interaction. We in the IT community can do a lot to help people be able to get through this. And so the way we can mobilize our thinking and mobilize our tools and our processes will make a big difference. So I encourage everybody to be thinking about this, talking about it, and sharing what they know. Wayne, uh, very great thoughts, uh, great ideas. Thanks for the big contribution you're making here. We're, we'll try to get this up online in a few different places quickly. And also uh, wonderful thoughts here today. We'll get this episode up as quickly as we can. So Wayne, as always, thanks, special stuff. Um, thanks for your big contributions here. Thank you, Bob, and stay well. All right, you too. Thanks everybody, best to you as well. So long. <laughs>